love Jesus so much. Sing it one more time. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Shout out, shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Shout out, shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Shout out, shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Shout out, shout out. Yeah. Just adore Him for a moment. When you're really quiet and you just look, look at Jesus, He'll blast you with joy and peace. him and what he is doing what he has done the more it's about him the more you get free from you and that feels awesome Goodness. Jesus we ask you to take your place in our midst above every other agenda, everything that we would put before you this morning. God, we ask that you would be enthroned as the king and that the anointing would flow from your throne in this place and we would be relieved of all the burdens that our man has put on us this morning. I'm going to play a new song. It's called Be Enthroned. God who said, 
the praises of a thousand generations. You are worthy, Lord of all. Up to you, the slain and risen King. Lift our voice to heaven, singing, Worthy, Lord of all. Be enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations. You are worthy. singing that to him, exalt him. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Lord of all. You are worthy. You are worthy. I just keep getting this vision singing this song of all the redeemed from the beginning of time. Worshiping the Lord, sharing their testimony. He saved me. He saved me. Not because of anything I did. He saved me. Man, Jesus. We just thank you for your salvation today. Sing, You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord of all. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord of all. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord of all. You know, we want to prophesy, we want to pray into Norway. We're supposed to do that from this place. Send people to the nations. And we've been doing that, but uh, we want to prophesy. So Linda, read those prophetic words and then pray whatever God gives you. Okay, these are a collection of words given to members of the prophetic team. And I'm just reading them verbatim. Uh, I heard the words of tucked away. You are a hidden gem in the king's crown. The Lord is ready to let you be seen and to bring you forward into the light of his purposes on the earth. Another member said they saw the frozen north is being thawed out by the fire of God. Another person saw small little ember fires all spread out and that they were beginning to merge together into one huge like a bonfire that was about to explode. Another person said they saw, they, they heard this, do not go back to your old ways of intercession or old methods. 
seek the new ways of prayers and petitions. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Talk about fire, ho. Oh. Another member saw a huge spirit, war, a huge angel warrior hovering over the country. It is waiting for the word for the father, from the Father to begin the battle. It has righteous anger and indignation against evil and wickedness in high spiritual places. It is anxious to begin this battle. Two more. The year 2017 will be an explosion of God's spirit in your nation. He is calling the lost back to him and will direct them by his spirit. It will be an underground movement and will take the leaders of your nation by surprise. However, my people will see the movement and join to become my army on earth. Do not be discouraged for great things are about to happen. Stay prepared, be ready to move, and watch how I will use you. Your greatest days are ahead of you. And then this is the last one. Ho! Small is the new kingdom large. In this season, those who have been quiet, small and hidden, oh Jesus, will roar like a mighty lion of Judah roaring over the lands the roar that is forthcoming from this little mighty army how a people willing to stand with me surrender to me and die for me how they are being prepared even now to rise up and roar a mighty sound of the lion of the tribe of judah this roar will reverberate from the mountains through the valleys and to the sea the seas of Norway have been defiled and robbed of your destiny and its supports in which the favor rests. The sea of seeing I release. It is the seeing and faith of your destiny. It is in knowing the Lord God Almighty has called you to this season now. Now is the hour. Ho, oh, it is the tempest storming the gates of hell that evil will not prevail. As in Psalm 83, O God, our God, make your enemies like a whirling dust, like the chaff which the wind blows away. As the fire burns in the woods and the flames set the mountains on fire, pursue your justice and bring the wicked to shame. The exposure of corruption and wickedness is just now beginning also in Norway and it will be cleansed and blessed of the Lord, for this nation has a destiny to fulfill for the kingdom. Do not despise the little things, for in one day there is kingdom multiplication. Three becomes 3,000. Stand strong in your small, small circles and know that I am the Lord God, the harvester of Norway. I ask all of you to stand up and face that camera. We're going to bless Norway. We're going to send them our love, and we're going to send the Holy Spirit through these airwaves. Ho! Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we just wrap all of these words together in an envelope of love 
and we put them on an arrow right now, and we shoot this arrow to blast Norway. Let it be a firebomb, Father, that ignites those little hidden cell groups that have been hidden and waiting and praying and waiting and praying. And Father, now bring your fire to Norway. Bring your fire to those that are watching right now. You said in cafes, in small home groups, underground people that have been quieted and hidden for such a time. Father, release your fire. Release your fire. Release your fire. May your word not return void, Father, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a clap offering. And uh, we'll make that into a... We'll put that on YouTube, we'll put it on Facebook, and we'll send it, and God will bear fruit. It'll happen. But last Monday, when Shirley and I walked out of the house, I looked up over the brushy mountains, and there was this deep red, you know, glow, but it was dark red. It was more, it was different than what I've seen before. It was a dark red, wasn't it? It's fire, and I mentioned there's fire in the hills. Little did we know, just... Uh, West of here, there would be some big fires that would break out just later on. And so, I, you know, I, I looked at that as a sign of revival, but the fires that happened over in Gatlinburg, the people really need our prayer and support. And, and we went there because, you know, I'm a chaplain, and we're raising up a chaplain's corps around here as well. And so you can do that kind of stuff when you're a chaplain. And uh, we called and got, you know, they invited us to come, and, and uh, they, they need a lot of help. But we met. A number of families that lost it all, but, but they literally ran from the flames. They covered up from the smut, the smoke, and the embers. And uh, one family we talked to was sound asleep and somebody banging on their door. You know, get up, get up. The fire was right behind their house. And, um, you know, they were able to escape, but many, what was it, 13 now that's passed away. And then, you know, it's just an incredible thing. They, we couldn't get into Gatlinburg. We were just, we went to a shelter, and then we went to uh, the staging center. We just asked the Lord to lead us, because they invited us, and we didn't know where anything was. And all we had gotten to at the beginning was that shelter. And then Shirley said, why don't we go down that street and see what's up there? I said, Shirley, there's nothing up there. It's a, it's a dead end. But we went up that street, and lo and behold, it was the main place. It was where everything was happening, the staging. So we volunteered a little bit to help put clothes together or, or uh, sort them out. Yeah, we didn't put them together, but anyway, I want us to pray. And then we hear, what, last night, how many people have they found died so far in, in Oakland? How many? They're expecting up to 40. Is it already confirmed? Yeah, well, they're expecting there could be. And then there was a fire in Cambridge. And then I heard, you know, there are fires going on in Israel. And there's fires, what I heard, in Sweden. There's a lot of stuff going on. Not all of it is holy fire, you know, righteous fire. So let's just pray. Pray for the people. You know, there are a lot of poor people that we talked to. Some that just lived in hotels and their hotel burned. But anyway, Lord, we just pray for the people of Gatlinburg and, and that area. Lord, we just lift them up. We ask for your mercy and grace. 
we, God, we ask you to comfort those that have lost loved ones. And, and God, that you would just uh, send now, Lord, a righteous fire through uh, West Tennessee, Lord, East Tennessee, we pray. And, and, Lord, we pray for the people that lost the families, that lost loved ones over in, in California and Oakland. Lord, we ask you to move in Oakland, Lord. Show yourself strong. Help. We ask, God, that you uh, anoint the leaders and people to speak your word and to bring comfort. And then the other things going on, Lord, all over the earth. Lord, that the, the fires that are erupting. Lord, it, we know some of this is up to no good. We ask you to expose the plans of evil. But, Lord, we also we thank you for the fire that you will send over this earth. And, God, we believe there's a fire even in our midst. And, Lord, thank you for that vision or that what I saw, that deep red flame fire over the brushy mountains and we believe that there's fire in these hills and lord we ask you to let it break out far and wide and we thank you lord thank you for letting us get in on these incredible days and this hour thank you that everyone has been called to the kingdom for such a time as this and uh, lord thank you for the anointing thank you for vision for dreams thank you thank you thank you thank you for sparing us and getting us to this point in our life. How many of you he spared at some time in your life? You know. Thank you, Lord. You saved us. You spared us and then you saved us. And so, Lord, thank you that you're making us uh, arrows in your purposes for this hour. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, there's some stuff going on. Just one more thing before I get to the word. What did I see? That somebody found a page from the Bible under a bench at Dollywood, and it had been. Was that it? Did, y'all see, did you guys see that? It was out of Joel about the fire and stuff. Now I know that people can fake that kind of stuff too, you know. And so I don't know if it's on the internet. I'm not sure. I don't know about that. But I, I went to the word. God has a whole lot to say about fire, and. Um, it's just, you know, you may want to study the, on that, but, but what an incredible time. Just because we had a little favor during the election doesn't mean the enemy's going to give up. He's, gonna, he's still riling. I think that's his job. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't think he's going to quit. He's not going to, you know, there's no um, unemployment in hell. You know, they're all, well, I don't know what they're doing, but... Those that are assigned on the earth are busy doing what they've been called to do. And that's why we got to get about what we're called to do. I'm going to get to the message. I really am. I'm just pausing. I'm just pausing. I'm, I'm always looking for God to break out. I'm just always looking. I'm never going to stop looking. You know, it's like, you know, when on, the, on Christmas, how many of you, you just couldn't wait to get to the Christmas tree? You know, I'd wake up and my eyes, and, man, I'm looking. I've got that same kind of excitement. Coming to church looking. We're looking for you, Lord. And it's a powerful time. Go with me to Matthew chapter 14. You know, if, if America's going to be great again, and that's, you know, whatever, however you would define that, I do know the church is going to be great again. And that's what I want to talk about. But go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 14. And uh, let's pick up. We'll begin reading in verse uh, 12. 
give you the context. John the Baptist exposed the sin of Herod. He's living in an adulterous affair. And how many of you know that sometimes leaders don't like to be exposed? And so, you know, he wanted to put him to death himself, but he feared the people. And so he has this birthday party for, you know, this lady and, and anyway, the daughter of Herodias. And so she requests John the Head's Baptist, John, John the Baptist's head on a platter, and he gives it to her. Verse 12, then the disciples came and took away the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. And when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. You know, he needed to get away at times, even by himself. How many of you like that? Sometimes you need some me time. He didn't get any me time right here. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. Now, you know, it looked like to the disciples that was the remedy to the problem. It's, it's late. It's a deserted place. There's no food. And so they suggest, they tell Jesus what to do. Instead of asking Jesus what to do, they tell him what to do. I wonder if we ever do anything like that. You know, this is what you should do. Father, would you do this? And all of that. But anyway, but Jesus. But Jesus said, they do not need to go away. They don't need. It looks like a need to you. That's the way you perceive this situation. They should go away and buy something for themselves to eat. They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Now, five is the number of what? Grace. Two is a number of union or agreement. You know, if any two agree is touching anything, you know, you have the grace to meet the needs of those around you, even a nation that is right now desperate for God more than what we know. We have the grace, but we also, when we're in union with him, when you're doing what he's doing, you'll never fail. You know what I'm talking about. And so they have five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, bring them here to me. Now, they could have just launched out on their own. That You know, this is all I got. I only have five loaves and two fish. How are you going to feed a multitude with five loaves and two fish? It's impossible. But how many of you know he does the things that are impossible with man are possible with God? And so he brings them to him, to Jesus. That's the first thing we should do rather than the last. Sometimes we try to work out things on our own. We try to figure it out. A good game plan for this problem I'm in. Forget the game plan. The game plan is bring it to Jesus. Go to him. Verse 19, then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. Or you would say grass. Wouldn't you say grass? Yeah. Sit down on the grass. I like that. It sounds better. Grass sounds so southern, although I don't mind sounding southern. That's the real way Americans talk. But anyway, and he took the five loaves and the two fish looking up to heaven. He blessed and broke. And he gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. Now, some people, you know, you might think, well, Jesus just turned around, he blessed, he broke it, and it was all multiplied. I don't think the miracle occurred at that point. Many believe the miracle occurred after the disciples, because, you know, what Jesus gave them is what all they could see in their hand. He just broke it, he gave to them. 
They still could have had some unbelief. You could, they could have said, Jesus, I'm sorry, this just not going to do it. But they went, they obeyed, they went and they gave, and they never ran out. That's when the miracle occurred. Not beforehand. Sometimes we want to see it beforehand. God, show me first what you're going to do. No, you go. And as you go, I'll show you the kingdom. Does that make sense? And I believe that's what God is calling us to do. Look in verse 21, or verse 20. So they ate, and they were all filled. And they took up, and filled means they were filled. When God does something, he does it to the fullest, to the max. No half-fulfilled stuff. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remain. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and the children. So we know there were way more than 5,000 people on five loaves of bread and two fish, right? That's a miracle. How are we going to, God, you called us to a great task. You called us, I mean, we're in this not just for a little fellowship, you know what I mean? I mean, that's part of why we gather. We want to encourage one another. We're in here for this nation and nations. Okay, that's what you get. You come to the gathering. We have a little bigger vision than just the people around the pew. or the, We don't have pews, the chairs, you know. We've got to have something, God. And we've got to get out of our own reasoning. How are we going to do this, God? In our own reasoning, we don't have enough. How many of you know you don't have enough? You don't, and if you focus on what you have or don't have, you just focus on what you have or don't have. We got to set our sights a little bit bigger. How are we going to see a great awakening? I've, I believe it's already begun. You know, there's been signs of a, a political awakening, and I know we're still praying, God, don't let him mess up and stuff, and we got to keep praying, make sure he gets the right people in the right place. And, you know, we're doing all that. But we got to have a big God. You remember, when was this maybe? You know, one of the advantages of being you know, preaching, is you, re, you don't remember them all, but, but when you go back, you, you were the one delivering all those messages. And so they, you know, you can remember a little bit. So you only, I mean, most of you come a whole lot, but I'm here all the time, or most of the time, until we go away. But I remember, and I remember preaching one, one Sunday on that God is great. You remember the rest? God is good, and God is God. You remember that? And we got to have a vision for that. You better have a vision of the goodness of God in this hour. Because you'll be questioning him. You'll be saying, God, what are you, who do, God, what are you doing to me? You know what I'm talking about. You know, it's like the guy that said, God, with friends like you, who needs enemies? Now, I know you, you made some of you don't understand that. But I can tell you, before God ever uses anybody greatly, he lets that person be hurt very deeply. You go through stuff. You're going to have scars. You're going to have bumps. It's called the school of hard knocks. It's actually the school of the Holy Spirit. But God, he allows you to be stepped on sometimes so that you will rise again. But you've got to have that. And, and listen, if, 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 Ameri if, if America's going to be great again, the church has got to be great again. That's the only key. There's no way possible. It is impossible for a politician or anybody to make America great again. It's only the church. And the only way the church can make America great again is that they are good again. The church has to be good again. You know what I'm talking about. Remember that Frenchman that came to America to try to discover our, the reason for America's, America's success years ago. 
And he went to the factories and went to the schools. He went to all the businesses. He said, that's not it. He says, it wasn't until I went into the churches of America and I heard the, the messages preached from the pulpit. And he said, that's the secret of America's goodness and greatness. And he said, if America ever ceases to be good, it will cease to be great. And so we've got to be good. I mean, really good. And the only way to be good is walk in the spirit and, and walk with, I mean, die to yourself. Be holy. Holy is not a dirty word. How I many of you know holy is a holy word? It's holy. You got to be holy. You know, I, I, I mean, I could tell you, you can get away with stuff. Listen, we don't have to sin. The blood of Jesus is greater. The power of the spirit of God that lives in us is greater. And we, and he wants to be God again. He's great. He's good. And he's God. Now, if we're going to be great, we've got to have a vision for that. And that's what I want to talk about. We've got to be great. You remember John the Baptist. Jesus, there was a prophecy that he would be great in the sight of the Lord. So I'm not talking about great in the sight of men. You're not going to gain a lot of, you know, I mean, there's favor and there's influence. But you're going to be hated if you choose to follow Christ in this hour. Do not marvel that the world hates you. The scripture says that. If you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. It's going to happen. But listen, there's a greater one that lives in you. And right now, I, I, I thought about that this week. Remember Gideon. Gideon was hidden around threshing wheat in the wine press to hide from the Midianites. The Midianites had invaded the land because of the sins of the people. And Midian held the people captive basically for seven years. And then all of a sudden the angel of the Lord shows up right in front of Gideon and says, Hey, you, you mighty man of valor. How many of you remember that? You mighty man of valor. I wonder if Gideon, you know, looked around like, who are you talking to? What do you mean? Oh, he's talking to you. And I can tell you right now, the spirit of the Lord is visiting churches all over America. He's looking at us in our face and he's saying, oh, you mighty man, mighty woman of valor. And you remember how Gideon, he responded. He said, God, where are you? If you'd been with us, all this stuff wouldn't have happened. These things wouldn't even happen. Where are the miracles? And he said, where are the miracles that our fathers told us about? But he said, go in this might of yours. Have I not sent you? Now, I hope you're still with me because I'm trying to make it make sense. But that's what I want somehow deep in your spirit this morning. The spirit of God is arising inside of you. And he's saying, go in this might of yours. Go. You have enough. You Listen, it's not the government. You can feed the multitudes. You have what, it's ta what it takes to see America on fire, shaken with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the church. Anybody with me? I feel like you're a little quiet. Don't. Listen, you weren't quiet during worship, so you got to get a little noisy. Are you guys with me? Does this make sense? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to pour out what's inside of me. And I'm going to pour it out, but it's better if I pour it out here than if I don't get it out. I go home and I preach to Shirley all afternoon, you know, and, you know, the warmed over, you know, I don't want to get it out. Okay. Look with me, if you would, to Acts chapter four, you had to see that in Matthew 14, but uh, there's just some things 
If we're going to be great again, the church in America becomes great. The church must become good, and the church must have a vision of how great their God is, how big their God is, how awesome our God is. And that's, that's what's going to ignite this new wave of worship. You know, we're going to come in. You won't have to, to work up worship. It'll just break out because of the awesomeness of our God, the greatness of our God. We've just seen him do things that were absolutely impossible to man, but he did it. And he used us. He's going to use us to feed the multitudes. And if you know, if you look at the book of Acts, there are a whole bunch of things that the book of Acts was walking in that really defined that they were great. It was a great church in the book of Acts, but we're going to go way beyond Acts. How many of you know that? You know, that was the Acts of the Apostles. At the end of the age, there's going to be the Acts of the last day church. And we're it. I know everybody thinks, well, some good things have happened. We're no longer in the last days. Fooey on that. We're still in the last days. It's just God's doing something among his people. He's, he's going to have a testimony on the earth. There's going to be a church that's going to do what he said they're going to do. He said, that church, we've said this many times, there will be a church on the earth that will say it is finished. We've done what he sent us to do, just like his son did. Because Jesus, just like the Father sent him, he sent us. So now look at this. I want to just point out a few things, and uh, then I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit, blast you with it, fill you with it. Then you go out and turn the world upside down. Some of you guys, listen, we got to start healing the sick. We got to start casting out demons. We got to start raising the dead. That is the agenda. You say, now what are we waiting for? That's it. The world's waiting for you to feed them, to do, to be, even as Jesus Christ is in the world. Does that make sense? All right, so let's look at this. Look, verse 25. Verse 25, they are quoting from Psalm. It sounds like they could quote from today. Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? Did the people plot any vain things? They're still plotting. It ain't working. It's got to be really frustrated to be a servant of the devil today. You know... I could, it's not working. I bet the, the turmoil in hell, this is not working. Well, you know, it's not going to work. Maybe for some and maybe for a short season. But it's not going to ultimately work. Why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And that's where the battle is. If you're a believer, you're in, you're in that. But the real battle is against the Lord and against his Christ. It is the spirit of Antichrist. Verse 27, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles of the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. That's a powerful scripture right there. The devil can only do what his, the Lord has purposed beforehand to be done because it's not the devil's will. It's not the will of the Antichrist. It's the will of God that's going to be done on the earth. Verse 29, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, say boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. There's a boldness coming over us. Some of you have sensed that. 
There is a boldness. It's the fire of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, there are things that we will say and things we'll do and places we'll go we would have not gone maybe in years past. But it's a new day. It's a brand new day. Now, the multitude of those who believe were one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own. And with great, verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them. Now, I want to give you, in the last, here, take me 15 or 20 minutes, some of the, the signs of greatness that God wants to release in the church in this hour. And if he's using us to speak to all these nations, this is way beyond what he's doing in Moravian Falls. This speaks to the nations of the earth. And so God said, but the word that I send forth will never return void. This message is not going to return void. It's going to release greatness in the people of God in the earth. Now, you say that sounds awful bold. Well, we're supposed to be bold. It's not, it's not pride. It's boldness in the God that we serve. He is great and greatly to be praised. All right. So number one, the church was known for its great power. Say power. Now, you know what that word means in the Greek. How many of you know? Dunamis, force, special, miraculous power. It's like the thrust of a rocket. You know, it's what causes that rocket to take off. And, uh, you know, there are many believers, they feel like they're stuck. They're running in place. I'm telling you, if you knew of the power that's living inside of you, you would, you would not run in place any longer because there's something greater in us than he that's in the world. I was born in where near these guys went for that, uh, that prison ministry. I was born in Amarillo, Texas. And I only lived there for about a year, so I don't remember anything in Amarillo. My dad was in the Air Force. Then we moved to Chicago, and I was two and three in Chicago. I don't remember anything there. But my grandfather and my grandmother, granny and granddaddy, lived in Chicago, and they owned a store. And I remember, I do remember going in that store and, and picking things up with permission, but sometimes not permission. But, but I remember that store vaguely. But then we moved, my, 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 we moved to Memphis, and we lived near where Graceland was or was going to be, whatever, maybe it was already there. But we lived near that, and, and we stayed about another year. And, and then we went down to Louisiana, and that's where we stayed. But my grandfather and grandmother, my granny and granddaddy, stayed in Chicago for a number of years after that. Then they moved to Tennessee and all this. I'm, I'm confusing you. But anyway, what I'm telling you is... I would go to visit my uncle. My uncle was only two years older than me, Michael. And so I would get on a train, not by myself. No, I was by myself. My dad and mom, they'd take me to Hammond, Louisiana. I'd get on a train, and then my grandparents and Michael, they'd meet me in Chicago. We used to go, and we'd spend, I don't know, I'd spend a week or two, three weeks. I may have spent a month at times. I remember when we used to drive, we would stop at this city called Kankakee. You may have heard of Kankakee. And I knew as a boy, when you got to Kankakee, that was the key. You were almost there. You were just about to Chicago. But anyway, we, I would go up there. And I remember running around. I don't know. I hope I was a little older. No, I hope I was younger. You know, I hope I didn't do this too late in my teenage years. I hope I did this like 12, 11, and somewhere in there. But anyway, we would go to Chicago and we'd run the streets. 
And we had, you know, back in those days, they had fireworks that were greater than these little wimpy firecrackers they have today. They had these things, they called them cherry bombs. You might even know. The cherry bombs, they were pretty good. Then they had these things called a silver salute. And I still remember they were silver. They were bigger than cherry bombs. And then they had something on top of the silver salute. You remember what that was? M80. Now, they told us the M80s were like, was it a fourth or an eighth or a sixth? I don't know. A fourth of a stick of dynamite or something. I don't know. But anyway, we would blow up some serious stuff with those M80s. I'm surprised, you know, we didn't blow up other stuff. But blow up garbage cans in the alleys and then run, you know, and stuff and have a lot of fun. I'm confessing I did it. I'm the one that blew up your garbage can. I didn't mean to do it, but I did it. But, uh, you know, M-80s were originally made by the military they, they, to simulate explosives and artillery fire and all that. But, I, you know, the reason I'm sharing that with you, now they banned all that stuff. It's a good thing. They banned M-80s. They banned silver salutes. They banned cherry bombs. This stuff they have today is wimpy. These little fire, they had wimpy stuff, man. Nothing like we had. We could blow up serious stuff. The only thing you can blow up with firecrackers is... I've told Shirley many times when I, was, when I was in Louisiana, I declared war against the ants because the ants bit me. Fire ants. We had fire ants everywhere. And they made mold, you know, mounds. So I'd go around and stick firecrackers in the, in the ant beds and blow those things to smithereens. Sometimes blow them up on my clothes and then have to run back in. And stuff. But anyway, I'm not trying to be funny. What I'm trying to say is, is that the... Forget the M80. Forget the silver salute. Forget the cherry bomb. Forget the little wimpy firecracker. You have the dunamis power of the Spirit of God living in you. you got dynamite. Way bigger than dynamite. You've got the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, the church has to awaken to this. I wonder if some churches in America have banned the dunamis. You know, we banned the other stuff. We can't ban the dunamis. we got to have the power of God. You know, that, that song came to my mind this week, Jeremy Camp, and he sung this song based on Romans 8:11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, remember that verse. And he wrote this song. It said, I can see waters raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear all God's children singing out, we will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. And then he says the chorus, this same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea lives in us, lives in us. Yet power lives in you. I want you to look at you and say, the power of the Spirit of God, the power of the kingdom of God lives in me. Lives in me. Do you understand that? The same power that rose Jesus' dead body from the grave. And this is why we got to have, you know, all my life I've heard about the power of God. You know, I'm telling you, I'm tired of hearing about it. I, you know, I'm good. It's okay to hear about it. But we got to walk in it. And we have it. It's, we're not waiting any longer. There's nothing more to wait for. You have the dunamis. You have the power. And then the next thing in that verse, in verse 33, it says they were also, great grace was upon them. 
Great power and great grace. The word grace is also the word favor that we used last week. It's the Greek word charis. And uh, it means the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. It's divine favor. It's a gift. It's that in spiritual endowment. It's that qualification that God has given you on the inside. You ever feel unqualified? for what God's called you to do. Anybody ever feel unqualified? Listen, it's a normal thing. We always, because the truth is we are. We are. But that's not what we go in. We don't go in our qualifications. We go in the grace that God has qualified us. He set us free. He's cleansed us. And He's called us to this hour. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm trying to be dramatic because it is dramatic. You are called into this hour. And you've been equipped with everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. But we're also to grow in the grace of God. Grace is unmerited, but grace is a gift. And then it goes on. I'm just going to touch. You can read this later on, but we did touch base on them. These are all the things that the early church was great in. They were also great in fear, great in power, great in grace, great in the fear of God. You read that. This goes into chapter 5. There were those who were pretending to be something they were not. They were hypocrites. They were pretending to give when they were not giving. They were holding back. And you know what happened, right? The fire, man, the presence of God came. The glory of God and Ananias, Ananias and Sapphire bit the dust. That's why I've always felt, God, when you really, 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 I mean, I believe, but when you really, really visit the church in America, a lot of folks are not going to want to come to church when you show up like that. You know what I'm talking about. Because you can't just live any way you want to live and try to come into his presence. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart is not lifted up his soul to an idol. And it goes on and on. But I'm telling you, it's a serious time. We need that level. And I've heard people preach on it. God, we've heard it. How many of you have heard the fear of God? We've heard the fear of God's coming back. Okay, God... Then just let it happen today. Let it happen. Lord, bring the fear of God back to the church in America. Lord, cause membership in the church to dwindle because you are in the house so that we can have a remnant that will really do the stuff. I remember, let me insert this. It came to my mind. I believe it's of the Spirit, but I remember hearing a story in a certain country where this gunman broke in the church, broke in the church. And uh, there were a number of gunmen. And they went up to the front. They held, you know, their guns. They said, okay, everybody that really doesn't know the Jesus that you're meeting here about, you can go. You can go. You're denying your faith, but you don't have to stay here. You can leave. If you don't know Jesus, I'm gonna, we're going to kill everybody in this church but if you don't know Jesus, you can leave. Well, some folks left. Some folks got up and left. There was a small handful that remained, and the gunman put down his gun and said, now we can really have church. And they had church. I don't know if that's true. Rick Joyner shared that story. If it's not true, but this was way back. I heard that so long ago. I'm telling you, the fear of God you know, you're probably going to have an opportunity to deny your faith. How many of you know that? 
you probably somewhere along the way you're going to have the opportunity. You are. You already have. I think the Lord said, if any man come after me, let him take up his cross daily. You have a chance every day to lay down your cross. Or you have a chance to lay down your life. But I believe he's raising up a generation that will count the They've already counted the cost. And they're going to follow him. There's no plan B. No plan B. From here on out. Everybody got that? No plan B. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. That's plan A. Right, Shalom. And no plan B. No plan C, no plan D, no plan F. Because if you get plan B, you might as well just choose plan F. Because I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like somewhere along the way, the Lord said, you know, if, you, if you're lukewarm, he said, I would rather you be hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He needs to do that in America. I've heard people say, well, it's time to drain the swamp. Wait a minute. Judgment doesn't begin in Washington, D.C. Judgment begins in the house of God. He needs to drain the church swamp, someone said. Now, the person I heard saying it was almost sounding like he could do it. Now, you know, you don't try. When I think about something like that, I'm saying, God, Lord, let me be one that remains. You know what I mean? God, search me, try me, that there be no wicked way within me. You know, I, I just want to be a part of this thing. But I believe he's serious. He's going to drain the church swamp. Can I just prophesy that? In the name of Jesus, God is about to drain the church swamp in America. Leaders that have, like Ananias and Sapphira, that have withheld the funds or they have misused God's tithe, I declare God's about to drain your swamp. He's going to expose you for all the people in the name of Jesus. And when you know you speak something like that, you better search your own closet. You know what I mean? You better empty your pockets. Lord God, you know, wouldn't it be something, somebody prophesied something and they, they prophesied themselves and they fall dead. You know, I, I'm, this, I'm believing we're living in that time. This is not church as usual. The church in the New Testament was great, great in power, great in grace, great in the fear of God, great in wonders. You can look later on, chapter 5, verse 12, and then verse 15 and 16. If I, why don't we look at it? You guys with me? You got a few more minutes? Well, we got plenty of times. You got plenty of time? Everybody good? We're not going to drain the swamp yet, are we? You know, you know no. I don't know. I think a lot of these things that people say in the world is God speaking. You know what I mean? We just got to hear what he's saying, what he's saying. America's not going to be great again unless the church is great again. Forget that stuff. It ain't going to happen. You know, in the early days of this nation, the church was great. I mean, now they, they went through stuff, and then when they went through stuff, God sent a wind of the Holy Spirit, and they had great awakenings, and they made them great. And then they dwindled back again, and they began to become religious and all that stuff. But I'm listening for a voice that's going to shout way above our own. But then they're great in signs and wonders. Let's look at this quickly. Verse 12, he says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were talked about. 
Is that what it says? Many signs and wonders were what? They were done. Look in verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and some of them were healed. And they were all healed. Listen, we hadn't got to the standard until they all are healed. They all. God's getting us to a, a higher place. He's showing us how really wretched we are and how much we need him. But look what the two requisites of moving in signs and wonders are. Chapter 6 and verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And that word translated faith there is grace. How many of you already have grace? Grace, greater than all of your sin. Grace. Okay, all we need now is an outbreak of the power of the Spirit of God. But instead of looking up, and we can look up, that, that the power of God lives in you. The Spirit that raised Jesus' dead body from the grave. So all we got to do to feed the multitudes is receive from Him, bring our little to Him, and then go and feed them. You got it? You understand that? It's really as simple as that. Go. Do what He's called us to do. Go in faith and go in power. And then there was great unity. Chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, Among the people there were many things done, and they all were with one accord in Solomon's porch. And uh, we won't go into great detail, but, you know, we've talked about this, and you guys know, you know, the Spirit of the Lord comes when there's unity, and you got to be in unity. Somebody's got to be in agreement here. And they were in so much agreement that even what was their own, they didn't consider their own. In other words, they weren't in it, in it for themselves. And when self is dethroned in America, when the self-made kingdoms come down, there'll be great unity. And God's got to win. Now, you didn't hear that, did you? The self-made kingdoms. Self-made kingdoms. That's division, mini vision. I don't know how he's going to do it, but there's going to be one church in America before it's all said and done. I hope it's a big church, huge multitudes, and I believe it will. We're going for the harvest because that's the next point. The, the early church was great in the harvest. Look in verse 14 of chapter 5. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. There was great, that's why we got to keep getting ready, keep getting ready. You know, I'm wondering now, some of the folks that were involved in our prayer, we've been praying every day. For the last almost three months. No, three months for sure, right? People, somebody's been in here praying from, from uh, 9 to 11. And then from Monday from 7 to 1. And some of these folks are on the mission field now. Their uh, one mother died. And uh, Lori Hankins, or was her father? Their mother. And now she had to go and be away for a season and time. And I'm saying, God, don't let it dwindle. Don't let, God, you got to come tip this thing over while it's full. You know what I mean? The bowls, we've been filling the bowls. Lord, if it's up to us, we'll grow weak. You know, you lose manpower. Things happen in the church. God, come tip the bowl over while, while it's full. You know what I'm talking about? So we just ask him to do that. We have not because we ask not. How many of you would be in agreement? Because God, I don't know, we're not going to be able to carry this thing on unless a wind of the Spirit comes, unless you put tip over the bowl. So God, would you tip over the bowls that have been being filled by the intercession of the saints over the last three months in this place, we pray in Jesus' name. 
And God, raise up a new army, others that will come and fill in the gaps. God, we ask you for an army of intercessors that uh, believe God and their call for this hour, Lord. But God, tip it over. Quickly, we pray in Jesus' name. Have you know what I'm talking about? We need to come while he can be found. That's why the scripture says, call on the Lord while he may be found. And he can be found in this hour. Now, here's something else you got to see. Chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. And they laid their hands on the apostles and they put them in a common prison. In other words, there's going to be great resistance. Say great resistance. How many of you have felt some of that over the last, you know, just weeks or days? A resistance, a growing resistance. You thought maybe the resistance had faded away or maybe it retreated. The retreat, there's going to be no retreat. So we got to not retreat ourselves. You don't retreat because the armies of God are greater than the armies that are against you. The resistance will be great. People think if it's hard, it can't be God. Listen, if it's hard, it probably is God. In fact, if it's impossible, it probably is God. He's called us not to the easy street. He's called us to the hard way. But the hard way is his way, and he made a way through the hard way. Does that make sense? People think, man, this is too much. I'm having too much. This must not be God. It could be God. Keep going. If you have a word, now if God speaks to you and gives you, okay, you've been beat up enough, about face, turn around and go the other way, then do that. Do what he said. Go where the lamb leads you, what he's doing, what he's saying. But some of you, you've been going through some hard stuff, and the Lord would say to you this morning, good, it's ordained. Keep going. Keep going. You're going to find that God is faithful. The resistance is also the test. Now, here's what else. Look what else. How, what made the church great was great angelic activity and deliverance. You see that in verse 19, but at night, at night, in times of darkness, an angel, the Lord, opened the prison door and then began to command them to go and preach this gospel. And so supernatural deliverance. Is that always, is that always the case? Donald Young, you guys know Donald. He... Um, he sent me a text this week. He said, David, would you pray for my friends who lost their home in Denham Springs, Louisiana, recently through the floods? And uh, I know, I mean, where I grew up was just an hour east of Denham Springs, so I know exactly. And I knew about the Baton Rouge floods. They lost their home in a flood. They moved to their retirement home in Gatlinburg. The fires were surrounding their home. They believed it would be destroyed. And he said to pray, and I, you know, I prayed, but Donald sent them the word. The word was Isaiah 43, when you pass through the water, say when, I will be with you. And through the, the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, say fire, when, when, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. And likewise, it is when the world Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were tossed into the fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar looked in. He saw one as of the, a fourth, as of the Son of God, remember? And he believed, man, he, your God must be God. And, of course, he, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
were rested or, or, or delivered out, rescued out of the flames. But the Son of God was with them. I wonder if America is waiting to see the fourth man among us. You know, the Son of God in our midst. So what does that mean it's going to happen? We're going to go through a little fire along the way. But they'll see the Son of God with us. He'll be with you. Say, He'll be with me. Even in the flood. Even in the fire. And then another thing the church was great for, it was great in courage and boldness. You can read that. It's all Acts 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6. Great boldness. They gave witness to the resurrection. Now, some of you guys are already bold. But your kindergarten, Shalom, I know you're bold. It's kindergarten. It's time for you to go to high school, son. High school in your boldness. Same way with you. You've been in seventh grade. Seventh grade. God's calling you to get your doctorate in boldness. You hear me? Okay? I'm telling you. Wherever you are, there's somewhere greater God wants you to go. I always pick on this side. I'm picking on you. Hey, what grade is Dylan in, Lord? I don't know. You know, this is what I heard. I heard you're like a senior in high school. But God's calling you to get your master's, get your bachelor, your doctor's. He's calling you. I'm telling you. He's calling you to nations. Many of these nations, these flags you've been sitting under, you're going to visit one day. You're going to remember this day because it was in these hours that God planted in you his word, his spirit, his anointing, and his message, and he's going to thrust you to the nations of the earth. This is an ordained time for you, but there'll be a day one day that you'll say, I've got to go and do my Father's will. Almost wish I hadn't prophesied that. I don't want you to go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. No, no, you go in your time. You go. Go when the Lord sends you. Great in boldness. How many of you need a new level of boldness? Because you've been a little timid, little. You know that scripture, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. That word is not fear. The preachers tell us about, you know, you. No, it's not. It's the word timidity. And the context is going and doing the will of God. God has not given you the spirit of timidity, but of love and of power and a sound mind as you go and do the will of God. That's what that scripture means. So, Lord, we ask you for an upgrade this morning. Just raise your hand. Upgrade of boldness and courage. Lord, I thank you. You've not given one of us the spirit of timidity, but you've given us the spirit of love and power and of a sound mind. Dunamis, power, courageous. Be strong and courageous because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And there are more for us than there are against us. And so we ask for an upgrade. We ask for a download of heavenly boldness for this hour. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you for things that would seem so ridiculous to the world but then would be so marvelous because of the, cap, the power of the kingdom in Jesus' name. And if they could feed a multitude, 5,000 men, there had to be a bunch of women, bound to be. I don't know how many, but there had to be. And then you know what was great about the early church, and you can see this in chapter 5, verse 30 and verse 31. They were great in their message. Their message was the resurrection. Their message was Jesus. Let's say you read that. 
It was the message of the one that had been crucified, that died, was buried, and rose from the dead. It's the resurrection. And that's our message. We serve a living God, not a dead Buddha. You know, Muhammad is dead. Jesus is alive. He's alive, and he lives in the midst of the church. And then, then it goes back into that, really, the last scripture it's in uh, chapter 5, verse 32, and we are, are his witnesses to those things, and so also is given the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who, who do what? Who obey him. Okay, wrap all this up. Obey him. The disciples, you know, Jesus, don't you know it's late? Jesus, send them away. Jesus, this is how I want you to answer my prayer. Send them away that they could go get something to eat because it's late, it's deserted, it's dark. That sounds logical. That's, I mean, that's reasonable. That's, hey, there's old buddy. He's our friend. Good buddy. Come on up here, man. You're, you're, you're welcome. You're loosed. We love buddy. No, it's okay. He's a good dog. He's an anointed dog. Maybe the Lord's saying something through that. You dogs, get going. I don't know what it is. Get going. Listen, it looked impossible. <laughs> yeah, I could think, you know, in other words, there were no hot dogs there out there, no hot dog stands set up. It, you know, <laughs> and Jesus said, they don't need to go away. They don't need. Whoa, time out. The kingdom of God is in play here. Not just your own understanding, your own wisdom, and the way you think it should be worked out. Stop praying that prayer. Bring him here to me. Bring those loaves and fishes to me. So he pray, bring them, and then all of a sudden, he blessed them. Nothing happened. He gave them just what he did, what he broke. And then as they obeyed, as they went, the loaves and the fishes were multiplied, and the miracle happened. Amen? How many of you want to go for it? You, you just lift up your hands like this. You have, you've got loaves, you've got fishes, you've got everything. You can feed the multitudes. So let's, I'm telling you, Lord, we just offer to you. Just offer what you have, your gift. Lord, I offer my gift. Lord, whatever you've gifted me, you called me to, those areas of, that I know the grace of God is working in my life. Lord, I just lift it up to you, and I offer it unto you. Lord, I thank you. You make little. You make big the things that are little. So, Lord, we offer ourselves. God, we afresh, we offer this congregation. We offer Moravian Falls to you. Folk, God, there's people that come and then they go, and then some of us are still here year after year. God, we offer this to you. We're supposed to be a part of a great awakening. Lord, we ask you, multiply the little things, the little, the Skype, Praying for Norway. Praying, God, multiply, multiply, multiply in the hands of your servants. Let the kingdom of God come and the will of God be done in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I, I feel like he's, he's releasing gifts of faith. If, if you need a gift of faith, stand. You've got to believe for something that is absolutely impossible. That's what a gift is, a gift of faith. Stand up. I'm going to release that. You're believing for something that is absolutely impossible. Well, just, re just reach up and grab it. Say, Lord, by faith, we reach hold. We reach up. We grab hold of the faith, the gift of faith that's ours, that you give us.
We grab hold of the kingdom. Thank you, God, to believe you for things that are impossible. It's impossible. Say it's impossible. You know, we have to agree. We agree it's impossible with man. With man. But it's possible with you. It's possible with you. And we release that faith. We release that grace. And we thank you in Jesus' name. God, can America be saved? In a day, America can be saved. In a day. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Let's just wait. Just wait. Just listen to the Lord. Carol, what you got? I feel like there are a lot of people here today that know what God has for you to do. Well, it's time to surrender. I got that word during worship, and I just can't get rid of it. So today is the time to surrender. And that means to put up the white flag, to give it up. Now, you don't give up to the enemy, but you give up to the plans of the Lord, the things that he has for you to do. And then you step out in that boldness that David's been talking about today because he's got stuff for us to do. So do it. And as she was talking, I saw some people standing right on the edge of a, a pond or a river, and you jumped in. You just said, that's it, I'm in. You know, that's it. Now, when you jump in a river, you just jump in. You, what are you going to do? You just jump. You jump. I remember when I was in, living in Tennessee. It is a time of my life. And, and the Lord gave me a vision of walking out on a diving board. And I jumped. He said, jump. I said, God, I can't see what's below. Jump. So I jumped. And I left Tennessee, went back to Louisiana, went to seminary the next, like, two days later. I had got there in the nick of time. Or I would have missed it, whatever. But, it, you know, God does stuff like that. Jump. Jump. Now, we need to talk to people. If you're here without Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life, and you do not know that if you died this very day, you would spend eternity in heaven. This is the day of repentance. This is the day of salvation. And we just challenge you. We encourage you, those watching by web stream, and if you're in this room, the Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. With the mouth you confess, with the heart you believe that God raised his son from the dead, you shall be saved. And if the Holy Spirit is drawing you, you cannot be saved when you just choose to be saved. I'm just going to all of a sudden follow Jesus. That comes after. But salvation, no one can come to him unless you draw. You're drawn. And so if you're being drawn, we want to pray with you right now. And uh, we're going to pray in agreement but if you want Jesus in your life, this is the moment of salvation. Okay? Does this sound like a good plan? So let's all pray out loud just to encourage those around us and those who may be watching. Just say, Dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that he is the son of the living God, that he died on the cross, and that he rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I turn my life over to you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with power. 
I yield to your lordship. And I receive you by faith. And I thank you for salvation. And I thank you for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the power of heaven living inside of me. I thank you for grace and power and boldness and courage. I thank you for miracles, signs and wonders that demonstrate who you are through me. Thank you, God. Thank you I'm not the same. I'm never going to be the same. I'm going on. You're my God. My family belongs to you. Even before they all know they belong to you, they know you. They're going to belong to you. My sons and my daughters will be saved. My families will be saved. Now let's just prophesy, America shall be saved. America shall be saved. Shout it with me. America shall be saved. America shall be saved. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. We're going to have prophetic teams over here. We also have our ministry teams. We want to pray for people. There are healings that are to take place this morning. We want to pray. If you have a sickness, we want to believe God for a miracle. God is saying many people are afraid to jump because they have bad knees, bad ankles. He wants to heal ankles and feet today. Yeah. Ankles and feet. Ankles, knees, ankles, feet. Just put us some, some music in if you could. You guys are dismissed if you need to go, but we're going to be ministering around the altar. Encourage one another. Oh, we also have a, a shower to go to in just a little bit too. So that'll be fun. It'll be fun. So God bless you guys.